John chapter 20, if you would. John chapter number 20. As you're finding your place, let me first of all introduce myself. My name is Alan, and I'm one of the pastors here at Downtown Church. And um, Pastor David talked a few minutes ago about the fact that we're trying to add a separate, uh, another additional team to help us with kind of setting up and tearing down. The great news that we have for you, for those of you that may be fairly new, is that we actually have a um, purchase uh, agreement with the steeple, with the owners of the steeple, and at the end of this year, in December, we will close on the steeple, and this will be our place. This will be our church, and we're celebrating that uh, so that we can begin really doing some weekday type type ministries. In our purchase agreement is that we get to have it this year a little bit more often than we've had it the last couple of three years, so we're able to have uh, once a month these worship uh, special Wednesdays. Uh, in fact, next month, not only will we have a Wednesday night that we gather and do some special things, but we're also having a business person's uh, luncheon. I think if you want to go ahead and mark your calendar, it's like Thursday, March the 28th, I think is that date. Uh, you're going to be hearing more about that in the next few weeks, is that we're just going to be inviting folks that work in the downtown, midtown area to join us here for lunch. And then we have a special uh, guest that we're bringing in to speak uh, and just to encourage It'll be a great time. Uh, you, again, you'll be hearing more about that in the next few weeks. John chapter number 20. We're in a new teaching series this month that we're calling Life on Mission. Life on Mission. But it's really, when what we're praying is that it's much more than a, a, a teaching series or a, a sermon series, that really what it becomes is a movement among us, that it becomes a part of the culture of downtown church. That we don't simply just gather here on a Sunday morning and we sing some songs and open the scriptures and maybe be a part of a life group, but that actually we become people who are living on mission. What we actually talked about last week is discovering together that God is on mission, that God has a mission. And we learn that in the scripture it teaches us that the mission of God is to redeem and reconcile people to himself. That is the mission of God. The mission of God is that he is redeeming and reconciling people to himself. Think about it maybe this way in more simple terms. Um, is to repair that which is broken. To repair that which is broken. So God is on mission. And his mission is to redeem and reconcile people to himself. Now, here's the beautiful thing about the mission of God, is that he actually invites us, you and me as believers, as followers of Christ, to join him in that mission. We partner with God in the mission of redeeming and reconciling people to himself. What I want you and I to begin to see these next couple of weeks is not just this overall mission of God, but your role and my role in it. And that's the reason we've kind of called this, this teaching series, Life on Mission, that, that it is the intention of God that you and I live every day a life on mission. In fact, we're going to see this morning that we are to be everyday missionaries, everyday missionaries. Now, don't let that word missionary frighten you, scare you, that we're not going to extend an invitation today for you to sell everything, pack up your bags, and move to India or Thailand or Africa, all right? But as you live your life, as you go to work, as you involve yourself with family and friends, as you uh, are on your campus, that you are, and understand that you are an everyday missionary. 
In fact, I want you to think about this before we read the text. Think about it this way. God wants you to have a ministry in the church, and he also wants you to have, he wants you to have a mission in the world. Let me say that again. God wants you to have a ministry in the church, and he wants you to have a mission in the world. Now, your ministry in the church is primarily about other believers, other Christians. When we talk about the fact that we want you to have a ministry at downtown church, your ministry may be uh, with sound or lighting or the worship. It may be with preschoolers or children or students. It may be in serving through the cafe or being a greeter. But really, we believe the expectation of God because Christ established the church. He died for the church. The church is very important to, to God and to his son. And that every believer ought to have a ministry in the church. That's primarily about other Christians, other believers. But God also wants you to have a mission in the world. And that is primarily about those that are not believers. Are not believers yet. So with that in mind, John chapter 20. Let's just stand in the honor of the reading of God's word. John chapter 20. We're going to look at two verses this morning. You can also see them on the screen. Uh, the context is this. Jesus came to this earth from the age of 30 to 33. He was on a mission, a ministry to teach and to share his purpose that he was going to suffer, bleed, die a cruel death, taking the sins of all mankind. He also taught that he would not stay dead, that because of his sacrifice that God the Father would raise him from the dead. And that is exactly what happened. And after the resurrection, he gathers with his disciples. He gathers with that crowd, and this is what he says to them. John chapter 20, verse number 21, And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Now, if you have a pencil or a pen, you ought to underline this next phrase. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and he said to them, Receive the what? The Holy Spirit. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. When Jesus left this earth, he had, a, had missions on his mind. In fact, I want you to maybe think of it this way. In fact, you may want to do what I did. I actually wrote this, this statement in the margin of my Bible. Jesus came to this earth as a missionary from heaven in order that you and I might become missionaries for heaven. Let me say that again. Jesus came to this earth as a missionary from heaven in order, that, in order to make you and I missionaries of heaven. And so again, I don't want you to be frightened or be alarmed by this idea of this, of being a missionary, uh, that you and I are to be missionaries. In fact, you and I ought to be everyday missionaries. You and I are going to see this morning exactly what that means. It just simply means that as you're living your life, as you go about your life, you are intentionally joining God in his mission. What is his mission? To redeem and reconcile people to himself. Prior to the pandemic, just prior, in fact, uh, the end of 18, the beginning of 19, uh, there was a poll taken of thousands of church members, and they asked the church members this question, 
What do you believe the purpose of the church to be? What do you believe the purpose of the church to be? 89%, of those surveyed said this. The purpose of the church is to meet my and my family's spiritual needs. The purpose of the church is to meet my and my family's spiritual needs. That's 89%. So before I tell you what is, what is heartbreaking, and I believe is heartbreaking to God and ought to be heartbreaking to us, I want to say first, I believe that one of the purposes of downtown church is to meet the spiritual needs of you and your family. But I want to tell you what I believe breaks the heart of God. That same survey, that same question, what do you believe to be the purpose of the church? Only 11%, 11% said the purpose of the church is to win this world for Jesus Christ. So what it tells us is that nearly 90% of church members across America believe that the purpose of the church is strictly for them. And only 11% believe that we're to do anything involving impacting this world. I believe that breaks the heart of God. It ought to break your heart and my heart. And really, when as, as kind of a laying of foundation before we dive into the particular text this morning, what I want to submit to you this morning is this. Listen very carefully. I am absolutely convinced with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all that is within me, that Jesus did not come to this planet. He did not come to this earth. He didn't come to suffer and bleed and die on a cruel cross and to be raised again so that, so that we could gather on a weekly basis in a holy huddle, in a holy spiritual pep rally, telling each other how wonderful we are. But that I believe with all my conviction that Jesus came to this planet, he suffered and he bled and he died and he rose again so that people could have a relationship with him and that you and I would be joining him in the mission of making disciples. You and I are to live every day on mission. It is the expectation of God. Now, I'm going to show you two or three things this morning that I want to encourage you to write down, maybe in your notes or margin of your Bible, or if you take notes on your phone. But I'm going to tell you two or three things about joining God in his mission. Being a witness, making disciples, being an everyday missionary. But I'm going to show you some things that I believe will take a lot of the pressure, a lot of the anxiety, and a lot of the worry uh, off of you. Here's the first thing. Understand this. In fact, let me just do this first. I want to make three statements because I think, I think in many ways we have to kind of have, a, have to have an agreement before we can move forward. I'm going to make three statements. And I just want you in your mind to determine whether or not you agree with all three of the statements or, or you disagree or you may say, hey, you know what, Alan, I'm, I'm a two out of three guy. I think it'll, I think it'll help us understand or maybe again, lay the foundation for what's next. The first is this. Do you believe that Jesus said, let me put it this way. Do you believe that Jesus was who he said he was? Now, who did he say that he was? He said that he was the Messiah, he was the Christ, he was the Son of God, he was the Savior of the world. 
Do you believe that Jesus was who he said he was? Number two, do you believe that Jesus did what he said he did? Do you believe that Jesus did what he said he did? Now, what did he do? He came to this earth and he took the punishment. He took the place for us when it comes to our sin and our punishment and the wrath of God. Did Jesus do what he said he did? And number three, that heaven and hell are real places. And the only way that you can go to heaven is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you would say, you know what, Alan, I believe. I believe that Jesus was who he said he was. I believe that he did what he said he did. And I believe that heaven and hell are real. And the only way you can go to heaven is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you would believe those three things, you can't help but to have a a, a yearning, an enthusiasm, maybe even a passion to live a life on mission, joining God in his mission to redeem redeem and reconcile this world to himself. If that's not a priority for you, then you either don't believe all three of those statements or maybe you don't believe one of them. One or three, or two or three. But I promise you, if you believe all three of those, you would seek to live a life as an everyday missionary. Now again, let me, let me give you two or three statements, two or three principles that I think will take a little bit of the pressure and the, pr- and the uh, anxiety off of that. Number one, with that being said, I can use God's power as an everyday missionary. I can use God's power as an everyday missionary. I just, again, want to give you some good news, take some of the pressure off, because here's the truth. You don't have to be a perfect Christian. You don't have to be seminary trained. You don't have to be good or great at public speaking or even extremely knowledgeable of the Bible in order for you to fulfill your role and his expectation of you being an everyday missionary. The first requirement of really living a life on mission is simply to to implement the power of God. God has already given you and me the power to be an everyday missionary. God, by the way, God will never ask, expect, or demand something of you that he doesn't first equip you to do it. We're back here at John chapter 20. John chapter 20, this is after the resurrection. Jesus says to them, what? As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Just as the Father sent me as a missionary from heaven, I'm going to send you to be a missionary for heaven. Somebody asked me the other day, because when I'm meeting strangers, especially other guys, how men introduce themselves generally is, hey, what do you do for a living? Well, when I generally tell them that I'm a pastor, the conversation ends and they scoot away and they no longer have a conversation with me. So I generally, to be honest with you, not that I'm ashamed, I just want to continue dialoguing. So I don't generally tell them I'm a pastor. And they say, uh, hey, my name is Alan. What, you know, what do you, Alan, what do you do for a living? I'm a consultant. Really? What kind of consultant? I'm a heaven consultant. That's what I generally post. I'm a heaven consultant. Jesus was a missionary from heaven in order to 
send us and make us missionaries for heaven. But here's the beautiful thing. He actually empowered us to be missionaries for heaven. Because he says, as the Father is sending me, I'm sending you. And what does the next verse say? Verse number 22. The Bible says that he breathed on them and he says, receive my spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. So what Christ has given us is his spirit, the empowerment of his spirit. Now, it's actually further explained in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. You ought to just write it down in your notes. Acts 1, verse 8, look at the screen. Again, Jesus, this is just before he ascends into heaven. But you will receive what? What's the word? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I'm going to ascend into heaven that I may send my spirit so that wherever you go, my spirit is within you. In other words, all that Christ is, is inside of you. His wisdom, his power, his joy, his strength, his knowledge, all that he is, is inside of you. But you have been given power. You are empowered to live for Christ, to be an everyday missionary, because he's actually given you the power. The problem with the average follower of Christ is not that they don't have the power. The problem is they don't use the power. I'm going to give you a statement. I think it's worth writing down. Life on mission is a team effort. Life on mission is a team effort. We have a teammate in this work of joining God in his mission. We have a teammate in living a life on mission, and this teammate is the Holy Spirit. Write this in your notes, Acts chapter 5 and verse number 32. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And so, listen, if what Jesus said is true, about the Holy Spirit and his role in your life and my life, the followers of Christ, then we have to believe this. We have to believe that if this is true, that Christ in salvation has placed his spirit in me, and one of the major roles of the Holy Spirit is to basically prepare people for a witness and basically to empower me to, to make disciples. That if I believe what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and his role in the believer's life, then you have to believe this. That regardless of your background, your personality, what gifts or talents you think you may have, you are equipped to be an everyday missionary. You and I cannot say, I cannot be, Alan, what you're describing. I can't, I can't do that. If you're a follower of Christ and you have the Spirit of God in you, you have everything that you need. And so number one, I, I, have, I can use God's power. Number two, I can fulfill God's purpose as an everyday missionary. I can fulfill God's purpose as an everyday missionary. You can do it. His purpose. All right, let's, let's, let's spend a few minutes and let's talk about this because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is downtown church. This is you. This is me. John chapter 20, verse number 21, Jesus said this. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So there's two things I want us to think about. Number one, who was he talking to? He was talking to fishermen, tax collectors, 
shepherds, men, women, young people. But let's, let's fully understand who he was talking to and what he meant. What he's referring to and where he further clarifies is what's called the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, we're just going to look at it on the screen. Matthew chapter 28, again, these are these final instructions. Jesus here in Matthew chapter 28, he's talking to shepherds, he's talking to tax collectors, he's talking to business folk, he's talking to uh, fishermen, tax collectors, men, women, young people. Here's what he says. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Look at verse 19. Go therefore. By the way, in the Greek, here's, here's the phrasing. As you go. As you go. In other words, as you live your life. As you go. As you go to work. As you go to school. As you go, make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse number 20. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So let's break that down. Okay. So Jesus gathers everybody together, old and young, men and women, all kinds of folks, different backgrounds. After the resurrection, this is before he ascends into heaven. He's already talked about the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit because what I'm about to tell you, you're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says. Go as you go. As you go, make disciples. This is important. This is crucial. This is the Great Commission. As you go, make disciples. Look up here. Do you want to know what Jesus expects of you as you live the Christian life? Do you know what he expects? Here's the bottom line. He expects that as you go, as you live your life, that you're going to make disciples. That's it. By the way, do you find it interesting that Jesus says, listen, as you go, join a life group. Hey, as you go, be sure to serve as a greeter at your church. Now, those are good things. It's good to, to serve in the church. It's good to, you know, uh, you know, pass out bulletins, work in a cafe. Hey, it's good to go on a Love Where You Live mission project. But understand what Jesus says. As you go, make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a student. A disciple is someone who learns from another. So let's, just, let's talk about what he goes on to say about making disciples. He says two more things. Baptizing them and teaching them. Right? Baptize them and teach them. So that's what you do. So this is what it looks like to be a disciple that makes other disciples, that makes other disciples, that makes other disciples. That's what you and I are to do. You and I, as we live our lives as everyday missionaries, we are to make disciples that make disciples. If I, if Alan is fulfilling the great commission that Jesus gave to me, 
then as I live my life, I need to be making disciples that are making disciples. Now, what do, how do I make disciples? Well, as I share the gospel, as I lead them to faith in Jesus Christ, I'm to baptize them. That's the reason we celebrate baptism here. That's the reason what we've prayed for. I think there's about 20 or 25 lights here found. Jesus says part of his mission was for the lost to be found. So what happens is we've prayed this year that as you and I live a life on mission, that we have opportunity to share the gospel and bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we celebrate that when they're baptized, we turn the light bulb on. So what we're praying is that this year, downtown church, we would see 20, 25 people come to faith in Jesus Christ and baptize. Why do we want them baptized? Part of the Great Commission. It's part of making disciples, right? Making disciples is baptizing them. Here's the mistake that so often churches make, and maybe we make. We think that we are being a good disciple, that we're being a good disciple, and that we're being faithful to Jesus because we're inviting people to church and they're being baptized. That's wonderful. That's great. But watch this. That's not making disciples. Making disciples is teaching them. So here's what it looks like practically, and here's how we're going to help you. As you live your life, you're to make disciples. Let me tell you what that looks like. Just, it's not, by the way, it's not imparting knowledge. It's not sitting down with someone who may be new in their relationship with Christ and, and going through a book with them. What Jesus said was, as you go, baptize and teach. What are the things organically in your disciple making do you teach? I believe that you're to teach a Christian, a new Christian, four things. Number one, how to experience Jesus in his word. How to experience Jesus in his word. Number two, how to talk to Jesus. Prayer. When you become a, a new believer, when you become a follower of Jesus, what do you need to know how to do? You need to know how to experience Jesus in his word. You need to know how to talk to Jesus. Prayer is important. You need to learn how to pray. You know how to talk to Jesus. You need to learn how to hear from Jesus. Prayer is a two-way communication. Our relationship with Jesus is two-way. It's not just talking, but it's also listening. And how to discern his voice, learn his voice, recognize his voice, how to hear from Jesus. And then number four, how to share Jesus. How to share Jesus with somebody else. So let me tell you what it looks like practically. If I am being faithful to God and his mission. As I live my life, as I go through the daily traffic pattern of life, I need to be, I, I need to be equipped, I need to be aware of, of helping people find Jesus. I, I, when, and when God gives me the opportunity, I need to be able to help people find Jesus. <clears throat> Once they find Jesus, <clears throat> I, need, I need to disciple them. I need to be a disciple maker. And I need to teach them. It may, by the way, it may take, it, let's say that I'm, I was discipling David. David's a new believer, and David and I work together. So every Thursday morning at 6.30, we meet at Waffle House. And, and it may take, by the way, it may take a month. It may take six months. But over the course of me meeting with David, I'm going to teach David some things. I'm going to teach David how to experience Jesus in his word. I'm going to teach David how to talk to Jesus. I'm going to teach David how to hear from Jesus. 
And I'm going to teach David how to share Jesus. And in very probably two to three minutes, how to share Jesus. Now, how do I know if I've made David a disciple? How do I know when he starts discipling somebody else? Now, David's not, I'm not going to be going through uh, a book with David. I'm not going to be imparting infor, you know, knowledge or information to David. I'm just equipping David to know how to experience Jesus for himself, how to talk to Jesus, how to hear from Jesus, how to share Jesus. And then guess what? When David starts doing that to someone else, then guess what? I've made a disciple that's making disciples. I'm a disciple maker. And by the way, when I'm doing that, then I am fulfilling the Great Commission. You understand? Are you a disciple maker? Now, to be a disciple maker is very organic. It's not a six-week program or a 12-week program. It is you having time. It is you sharing. It is you teaching. And it may take David a month, five, six weeks. He's very, very smart, so it'll probably take less than that. But it may take six months. But when he gets it, and he's sharing, and then he's discipling. So this is what it looks like for downtown church. This is what it looks like for you and for me. We're, we're seeing people come to faith in Jesus. David just shared, by the way, for the last couple of weeks, through, through our other campuses and through our school, we've seen over 100 teenagers come to faith in Jesus. By the way, so we have, we as, as, a, as a family of churches baptized over 150 people last year. Many of them have not been discipled. So if there is not someone in your life, a coworker, a friend, or a family member that you can begin to teach, maybe once a week, once every couple of weeks, hey, hey, here's how you, here's how you experience Jesus in his word. Here's how you talk to Jesus. Here's how you hear from Jesus. Here's how you share Jesus. If you don't have that person in your life, guess what? I got somebody for you. I got somebody for you. All you got to do is be willing to meet with them and teach them, disciple them. Here's where you probably are. Alan, that is a lot. I don't know if I can do that. I, I, I don't know how to do it. Beginning next Sunday, because it's already up, but we're not going live to next Sunday. But next Sunday, you can go to Downtown Church's website, slash Life on Mission, and there's, in fact, we're going to give you next week a little card of, of what it looks like, what we're describing. But you can also go to our website, and there's videos. There's about six four-minute videos that say, here's our mission, here's our method, here's how you teach someone how to experience Jesus in his word. Here's how you teach someone how to talk to Jesus. Here's how you, in four minutes, teach somebody how to hear from Jesus. And here's how you share Jesus. So we're going to give you tools. We're going to give you resources. If you actually need someone in your life to disciple, we'll provide that so that there's no excuses for you to live as an everyday missionary making disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Third thing, and we're done. Number three, I can discover God's passion as an everyday missionary. I can discover God's passion as an everyday missionary. So believe me this morning when I say to you, this, this point is, I think, crucial. 
Because what determines your passion determines your priorities. In other words, think of it this way. Priorities determine passion. Priorities determine passion. If a person's priority is making money, then money will be their passion. If that person's uh, priority is playing golf, then golf is going to be their passion. If that person's priority is hunting, then hunting is their passion. When making disciples, living on mission is your priority, then people will become your passion. It was Paul's passion, for example. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 24 Paul says this, I don't care about my own life. The most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me, and that is to tell people the good news about God's grace. It was the passion of Jesus. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 9 and verses 36 and number 37. When, that, when Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he felt sorry for them. By the way, in the Greek it says that he was moved internally with compassion because they were hurting and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then Jesus said to his followers, there are many people to harvest, but only a few workers to, to harvest them. Go back to that previous verse, verse number 36. I think there's two words that describe people today in America. Hurting and helpless. Hurting and helpless. So I told you about a a survey that was done prior to the pandemic. Let me give you the latest survey that was done in the midst of this pandemic among Americans. Thousands of Americans. Watch this. 80 89% of them, I want to make sure I get this stat right. Let me hold on just one second. I want to make sure I got this this stat right here. Um, um, That they are uh, uh, hurting. I think it's 89%. I need to find it in my notes. Uh, I think it's 89%. No, no, 91. 91% of Americans right now today, 91% of Americans are, here's the phrasing, intensely interested in spiritual things. Intensely interested in spiritual things. That's one of the positives of this worldwide pandemic and the state of of wars and rumors of wars uh, economically. I mean, what's happening in our nation, 91% of Americans are intensely interested in spiritual things. So Americans today, they are helpless and they're hurting. Are you willing to be an everyday missionary. Last thing, we're done. You probably have seen this painting. Famous painting. Uh, Most everyone has seen it. Uh, It's a painting based on Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, when it says that Jesus, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door and invites me in, I will have fellowship with them and them with me. It's based on Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Let's get that image up there for a second. There's a man by the name of Ken Callahan. Ken's a Methodist pastor, Methodist consultant. He was in a church doing consulting, and he was looking at a stained glass window like this, but it had the image of Jesus standing on the door and knocking. And he's looking at this image in the stained glass window, and he's looking at this image, and he felt like this was kind of an epiphany, that the Lord himself was speaking to him. And he felt like the Lord says this, I stand at the door of those that are unbelievers. And I stand at the door and I knock. And I pray that they would open the door and invite me in. 
But I also stand at the door to believers. And I knock on the door. And I'm hoping, I'm praying that they would open the door and come out. So right now this morning, in your heart's door, my heart's door, Jesus is knocking on the door asking, will you come out and join me in my mission of redeeming and reconciling people to myself? I've empowered you. I've given you the resources, everything that you need. Will you join me in my mission and become an everyday missionary? Downtown church will give you everything you need. God's given you his spirit. He's given you his instructions. We'll give you the resources. Let's live on mission. Let's pray together. The band's going to come and, and lead us in prayer. And my prayer really is simple. W would you be willing, are you willing, to join God in his mission? Very practically. Listen, if, if there's not someone in your life that you can disciple, listen, we'll introduce you to someone who needs to be discipled. What do you teach them? How to experience Jesus in his word, how to talk to Jesus, how to hear from Jesus, how to share Jesus. We're going to provide videos. We're going to provide resources. It's going to be very easy. It's going to be very natural. It's going to be very organic. We're not giving you a book to go teach because we're not imparting information. That person needs to experience Jesus. That person, listen, needs to talk to Jesus, hear from Jesus. They, they need to practically share Jesus. And you're going to guide them through that. Because you know why? Because Jesus' last words to you and to me is, as you go, make disciples. And we're going to become disciple makers. Would you become a disciple maker. I'm going to pray for us. The altar is open for you to pray and maybe even kneel. Maybe there's a family member, maybe there's a co-worker that God would give you an opportunity just to bring them to Jesus and help them to grow in Jesus. Would you commit today to being a disciple maker? Let's stand together as we pray. It may be this morning that you need to become a follower of Jesus. You need to be redeemed. You need to be reconciled. Pastor David would love to guide you through that. Heavenly Father, I pray in these next moments you would find us obedient to your call. Obedient to your word. God, if we believe, if we believe, Lord Jesus that you are who you said you are and that you did what you said you did and that heaven and hell are real, then we will absolutely join you in your mission and we will intentionally become a disciple maker. Lord, I pray that across this room we would just simply pray that, Lord, make me a disciple maker. Help me to be a disciple maker so that I fulfill my life's purpose. I fulfill the purpose that you have for me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll be an everyday missionary. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together. The pastor's available. The altar is open. Let's worship together.